Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you enjoy the Filmmakers Podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. The Podfix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 290 of the Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and producer. And today on the show is not one Craig. Oh no, it's two Craigs. It is the fantastic Craig Hayworth and the equally fantastic Craig Roberts. They both run filmed. Not only that, but they're also screenwriters and actors. Craig Hayworth has been in Casualty. He's been in Big in the Game, Return of the Yuletide Kid, as well as many, many others. And Craig Roberts, well, you'll probably know him from Submarine, Richard Iwadi's debut movie, or maybe Jane Eyre, maybe Comes a Bright Day, or perhaps 22 Jump Street, or maybe Tolkien or the Horrible Histories movies. But recently, Craig has been moving much more heavily into directing, uh, and he's directed Just Jim, which he also starred in and wrote. Eternal Beauty, which he also wrote. Uh, and that stars Sally Hawkins, Morford Clark, Penelope Wilton, Billy Piper, and Alice Lowe, to name just a few. And very recently, he directed the fantastic the Phantom of the Open, which also starred Sally Hawkins, uh, Simon Farnaby, Steve Oram, and of course, the amazing Mark Rylance, who you will know from Bridge of Spies and uh, the BFG and Dunkirk. And if you haven't seen The Phantom of the Open, really check it out. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So we sat down, the three of us, and we had a really wonderful chat all about filmmaking, about acting, about writing, the structure behind that, where ideas come from, dealing with bad reviews. Um, we also talked about storyboarding, on set, dealing with the actors, and why Craig Roberts wanted to move into directing. There is so much to gain from this. I don't need to go on in this intro about it. You are going to love this. It's a, it's a real joy. Uh, we also talked about their platform, Filmed, which I highly recommend you get on it now. Uh, I've already joined. It's a place where filmmakers can collaborate. They can create projects together. You can manage your production team, your schedules, your documents, everything like that. And it's a huge community and it's growing ridiculously fast. There are forums. You can post on the community feeds. It is filmed. Link to that is in the show notes. The word film, the letter D, .co.uk, filmed. There is also a screening room. And the boys are doing a screenwriting webinar coming up on Tuesday, the 28th of August. And it's free if you are a member. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now. You have nothing to lose. 
you want to be in this community, you want to be a filmmaker, you want to be part of film, there's no question about it. So we talk all about that on this week's show, as well as their amazing careers and what goes into being a filmmaker from their point of view. So all that is coming up for you. For those of you who listened to last week's episode with the rather ace, Joanna Coelho, talking all about cameras, lenses, what it's like on set as a cinematographer, we have so much bonus material on our Patreon. So if you fancy listening to that, head over now and sign up. Why not? If you're listening on your phone, just scroll down, sign up. There's so much bonus content on there, including why be a cinematographer and not a director and how to land your first job in the industry, as well as that. Uh, If it's not worth signing up for that, I don't know what is. But uh, she also talks about how to network and how she's prepping for our upcoming low-budget feature and her plans for the future. All that is on our Patreon, as well as so much other bonus material. Enough about that. Q-Scripts are our collaborators. Uh, They work with both emerging talent aiming to get a break in this industry as a screenwriter, as well as established writers looking to take your scripts to the next level. Uh, More info is in the middle of this episode, but do check out QScripts.com, linked that is in the show notes but you are getting three months membership for free right now our next week's show we do have exec producer of movies like rambo expendables hitman's bodyguard angel has fallen uh dave the dead and the dare yeah that's right i sat down with my exec producer my producer from the dead and chatted all about why he decided to make the dare we also talk about so much so much other stuff like running a studio like why he produces movies how he does it on such a huge scale at a studio uh so look out for that that is next tuesday okay let's get to it this is myself uh, craig hayworth and craig roberts chatting away about filmmaking <laughs> enjoy <laughs> now we know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Like, cut it all out. Yeah. Well, this this is going to cause a confusion here because every time we say Craig, it's like, oh, which Craig? Which you Craig? Mean? Yeah. Yeah. The people who do you a Craig H of nicknames. It's normally Craig One and Two. <laughs> it's often A-B. Craig One and Two, and I'm rarely one? Craig One. I'm rarely. It depends <laughs> with my family on Craig One, and that's right, it. But then, right. but yeah, outside of that, it's always. You I don't hope with your family you were Craig One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's strange if I was Craig One within your family. Well, it's yeah, just someone else and random Craig from the village. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Craig One over there. Yeah. <laughs> Our son, <laughs> Craig 17. <laughs> That's too funny. How did you meet? So we did a... Um, oh, dear. A wide touring, was it? Was that, well, yeah, that it was. Called? It was a theatre and education... What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Years ago? Many, many moons ago. Ten years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh. It was like, yeah. Anyway. Oh, it was over. It was about 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah. No, 11, 12 years ago. We're yeah. really young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's like, no, my IMDb says I'm 23. Yeah, <laughs> so it's clearly four years ago. I was working at age two <laughs> on theatre, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we met on there. And I, I suppose we kind of didn't really get on that well. Oh, well, maybe we did. Yeah, no, we, 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 both, we had clashing egos, definitely. Yeah. Oh, really? We both called Craig, you know, like, Craig we, wanted to, you know. Craig, Craig, Craig number two wanted to be Craig number one at that point. Yeah, so, did you have none of it? Yeah, I swallowed that pill. (laughs) It's gone now. (laughs) Uh, But I think we, um, 
we actually uh, there's an anecdote which won't won't be said on here, but we played pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, was this when you liked each other or hated each other? Well, we we got on because we we're in a theatre show together. But yeah. we uh, like yeah. theatre show getting on. Yeah, getting on. He's lovely. On. Yeah, I really enjoy working with him. <laughs> it was yeah, and we created a really good prank on me, and I was like, oh yeah, he's 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 great actually. He's got um, he can take a joke, so we kind of stayed in touch. For like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you went to LA to uh, do the acting thing, mm-hmm. and I think I came out at some point. And yeah, then what we... were you doing? You came out for a film, uh, no, um, or just auditions with maybe with your American agent? I think it was when you, when you were just kind of hitting the ground in America with it. And I was already living in LA, and I was the only person he knew of that was there. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Oh, Craig, aren't you in LA?" I was like, "Yeah, I've been here for like I think at that point maybe eight months or something. It's so not very long." Yeah. But he was like, "I'm you know I'm saying the standard or whatever it was," and. Uh, on sunset and uh, come on over and we'll catch up. So and then from then we just had a laugh, didn't we? Yeah. And we had LA as, as a sort of as, yeah, you know, Brits in LA to do yeah, with as yeah. like a foundation. So and then you just the friendship grew from there basically. Yeah, that's nice. We, did you already done submarine at that point? Were you going out there for, on the back of something? I got yes, I was going out on the back of that because that had happened, and then I just got an agent because it played Toronto. I got an agent. I was oh, and I went out straight after that. That's what it was. Actually. Oh yeah, it was okay, straight okay, after yeah. that. Um, yeah, so that was 11 years ago. 10 years ago. No. Was, uh, well, oh, yeah. So I, I, I went ago. out in 2010, the end of 2010. Did I? Yeah. In 2011, it was. Oh, we really oh, don't know. Don't know. Just it was know. many years ago. I'll edit this out just to that bit. Yeah. It was many years ago. <laughs> there you go. Love it. <laughs> so let's talk about filmed. Let's talk about how you set that up, why it came about and why you wanted to create something, a hub for filmmakers, I suppose. We wanted to make loads of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's working out. And that's not working out. <laughs> no, uh, Rockstar status mainly. Yeah. Well. well, we no. just, I think we, oh, there's so many, there's so so many, you know, yeah. pockets of it really that, that, that well, we, 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 we also come from different backgrounds as well. So obviously uh, Craig has uh, a lot of accolades, a lot of success in the industry. And and I don't have that sort of uh, level of success on, on you know, within f- films, etc. And so I, I was coming at this idea of uh, a collaboration platform for independent filmmakers from the, uh, from the position of filmmaking is such a collaborative process that if I want to be able to increase my skill set or show off my skill set or, you know, et cetera, I need cinematographers, writers, directors. I need all of the, the sort of all the other skill set you know, for a film. And and thus, I, you, you, and we're all dependent on each other to be able to actually achieve in the, in the, in the industry. And it's so hard to get into. Mm-hmm. That it was just like, I, I remember being like, I could be down the road from an aspiring cinematographer and have no idea they're there. And they've literally got a, you know, a brand new camera for Christmas. They're looking to shoot things and, and you know, and it'd be great if I could just sort of collaborate with them and sort of work with them. And uh, and I couldn't find anywhere online that sort of did that. And obviously, Craig's coming from the angle of like all the complications with managing productions and all the complication of finding new talent mm-hmm. and all of this and uh, and funding and uh, films. So, so when we were discussing it, we were like, this would be a really cool idea to create a platform that filmmakers can work together and, and manage projects to. And so it, it became this, uh, you know, from the minimum viable product we originally came up with on like a whiteboard in, where were we? Where Chester. Did we Chester. Yeah, we mm-hmm. kind of met up in Chester, kind Love of Chester. like, let's actually do this. And mm. uh, I don't know why we're in bloody Chester. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, it's easy for you to get to it at the time. I think you're in Wales as well. Right. But yeah, and we met up and we kind of just like, 
this big mind map of what films could be, essentially. And mm. uh, uh, and and yeah, and then we brought all this together, the suite of production tools and then, uh, you know, the collaboration tools and the community feed. And it all just kind of played out there. Mm. Um, I think at the heart, you nailed it. It's the it's the um, democratizing the access to it, really. It's basically just because it is so difficult to get into it. Mm. Um, the mm. And there's so many stories to be told. I think it's just about highlighting that and empowering people to do that, really. Yeah. Which and it's cool. Yeah, and it's cool. And I really like the idea that you can collaborate so freely. And I love the idea of knowing that someone's just down the road. Because the amount of times you need a kit van or you need a, a grip focus puller or whatever it is, or just some hands right in it. And there's someone right there. Oh, great. They can help with this. Or that saves me hiring from here, here, and here. And, and actually, those little things are so important. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. You're, you're always going to the big companies. Go, oh, God, we need a van. And someone's got to travel all yes. across the UK. Yeah. And actually, there's one right next to you, and I think that is really valuable because mm -hmm. you, you and you'll probably know this as pockets of filmmakers in certain areas of yeah. each country or each town. And like in London, there's certain areas where there's a load of filmmakers, but you don't really know that until you meet them at an event. Go, oh, I don't, I don't know any filmmakers in London. Like honestly, you know? there's so many people here, but like, yeah, yeah, I never really bump into them, or right. I don't go out much. But like, I don't bump into them. I don't, you know, there's no, I never know where they're hanging out if mm. they are here. So it's good. Um, it's good that platform has that. It's also because, like, I think when I write, I, I, I mean, I'm. It's, it's so bloody lonely. Mm. You know, I'm just literally talking to myself over and over, over and over again. And um, the idea that you can have people on this platform to, you know, just to keep in communications with, really, and just keep keep inspiring one another. I think I think it's good for the old head. I think it's so important because I. I when I write, I love to collaborate. I'm, mm -hmm. I really struggle on my own. Mm -hmm. like if I sit there with, I just, sometimes I hit that brick wall, page yeah. 70 brick wall, they say, or 30, wherever it is. Yeah. And you're just like, oh God, how do I get through it? So that's why I love collaborating. How do you do it when you're like on your own? How do you get through that? I don't, I, I suppose I don't love collaborating on the script part that mm. much. Not not that early, just because I like to figure it out for myself. That's part of the fun. And I just allow myself time to do that, really. I call it stacking ammo, and that's basically, I have my notes open, for, could be six months, and I'll take, uh, if I hear a line or if I see a dress that's cool or like a, a hat or I watch a movie, I just keep stacking ammo and then I'll come together and be like, okay, I think I've got like a scene here that I can put together. I very rarely sit down and go, I'm going to make myself write today because I know I'm always going to rewrite it. Right. Just, it's just a waste of time for me. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because if, because, so you'll get your whole outline done by stacking stuff, if you like. Yeah. There's no outline. I don't really right. have an outline. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, my friends that do that and I, I admire that they do that and it's, um, kind of in awe because I, I really, I can't sit down and do treatments. I'm terrible at treatments. Right. When people want treatments. People want treatments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I, I feel like it's putting like just bar. I feel like it's yeah. blocking the actual idea. Mm. It, it, it doesn't really make sense it's, it, to me. Like I love, I suppose I love getting the character right and then kind of playing the Sims or Grand Theft Auto with them, mm. you know, just kind of let them free roam and see what happens if it figures itself out. Yeah, that's what I would say about uh, sort of looking through the window at Craig's process. Mm. Is that's definitely what I would say is he he you you almost create the characters and then you put them in in situations together and mm. see what comes out as opposed to the you know the typical sort of plot line and oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and then trying to figure out what the characters would do in those times it's like you kind of 
chuck them in different positions and kind of like see what how they sort of communicate with each other. Yeah, so. it, it's also. I mean, it's easy enough to do the structure thing. I can see that. I can, you know, I've I've read the save the cat or dog or whatever it's called. All that, all that. All <laughs> save that. the animal, whatever save it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've read those I mean books and they're good. Um, but I just every time I'm like, and then the inciting incident happens here, and here's the reversal of that, and here's this. It just feels like so clinical. Yeah, just, paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah, paint by numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's um. It's just not fun, and it's got to be fun. Yes, because you're going to spend right. so much time on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to absolutely love it because you're going to hate it by the end of it. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that is really interesting because people do get stuck with, "Oh God, I've got to hit this by this number," and they do. And when you're stuck, I get it. Yeah. All right, that helps you save the cat to do this, do that to move your script forward. But I think when you're starting, sometimes it's literally do a vomit draft, get through the fuck up. You're right. Get to the end. And then work it out. What works? What where? Find yeah. your feet with it. I would also say that you you should know the structure. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's as easy as like okay, well we could break all the rules. I think you, like you know you've got to know the rules to be able to break them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you yeah you've definitely got to be. It's almost like you're saying you've got to be aware of what what should be happening. So then you it's almost like it informs subconsciously what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. It's like so even though you're sort of playing well away from the play by numbers, you know, playing by numbers, you're actually still sort of following that deep down somewhere uh, because otherwise yeah ultimately those are those are there because we as viewers of films we sort of find that like entertainment comes with that sort of arc and mm-hmm. you know it needs that beginning middle and end etc it needs that structure and so it's so ultimately it's uh we we have to conform to that to some degree i think when you're writing scripts well it's almost you know we grew up with film an idea like when we were kids we got a beginning middle and an end of a three minute story that our parents read to us or hopefully read to us so we've got that ingrained to us this story of we we can't help it mm-hmm. it's there yeah so it's almost anyone in the pub will tell you a story it's got a beginning middle and end if not they're all like shut up man that's do you know what I mean? everyone's yeah. stories have so we get used to it i think so finding that within us is kind of it's almost natural i think you're right you're right and they have to they, they most of the time have to have a punchline, mm. has to yes. have a punchline. Yeah. And it's interesting, the ones that will have a punchline will make it more accessible, which probably relates to film in general, mm-hmm. in terms mm. of story te- stories yeah. you tell in pubs or whatever. And people make those, like, if you take the pub for a perfect example, people like, elaborate their stories every time to make it funny, what lands, oh, how yeah. am I going to tell yeah. them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we as writers have to do the same thing. It's kind of what will land here and then almost rip it apart again. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that, I think I've done that before with like ideas. Like I've had ideas and I'm like, I think that's a good idea for like a film. And I've been around friends and kind of tested it out like a joke. Like, oh, this thing happened, blah, 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 and see if it works. Most of the time it doesn't. (laughs) That's that's why the scripts don't exist. And that's why we have no friends. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's so important actually telling your stories to other people. People get very frightened of, Telling mm-hmm. their like script ideas, like someone will nick it, someone yeah, say, and the yeah. effort of someone stealing your idea. They might steal the gobbler of it, but yeah. actually your story and your idea. But the more you pitch it, the more you tell that story in the pub, if you like, or yeah. pitch it. People will tell you straight away, oh, you mean like that film? Or, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't work because of. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, right. But when people don't, they hold on to it. And suddenly they've spent six years on this script. They give it out and everyone goes, yeah, no, it's nowhere near ready. I yeah. love saying to a writer, oh, that's like that thing, that yeah. film. Because there's nothing, nothing winds, nothing <laughs> yeah, winds yeah, a writer I mean, more than that. It totally does. Yeah, and they go, fuck, I can't see that one. Fuck you. Yeah, it's, They're always like, no, this is different. Yeah, this, this is, is very different. Because, and you go, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, that's it. I suppose, where do your ideas come from? Mm. Like, where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where do you find ideas? Like, 
Precisely. They're in the next room and they're thrown to you piece by piece. I'm off there now. See you in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Which room? Left or right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. But it's true, right? Yeah, it is true. So so you're saying then it kind of feels almost like they are, they, they, they come through you as opposed to come from you. Well, that's what Lynch says. Yeah, Lynch is like the the the. the I think it's, he says it's in the next room, and piece by piece, the puzzle will be flipped to you. Oh, interesting. Um, and also, I think Charlie Kaufman also says that if you have an idea, I think it's Charlie Kaufman. But if you have an idea, you don't really need to write it; it'll write itself and then present itself to you when it's done. Wow, which is a good way of looking at it, mm. because because I like I can my 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 partner will walk in and out the living room, and I'll just be sat on the couch, just staring at the wall. Um, and she's like, you're going to do any work? And I'm like, I am working. <laughs> yeah, I'm, trying, I'm work. waiting for it to figure itself out. Mm-hmm. Right? It takes too long. But, but it does take long, but also you do need that space. I think a lot of writers or filmmakers, they force an idea or they force that like, I've got to do it. I've got to hit mm-hmm. this. And then you end up pushing something that isn't fully formed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you do need that time to sit on stuff and go, is it? ready yet am i ready to write this am i ready to tell anyone this idea we can do it too quickly and then it's over someone goes yeah it's not ready and it's disheartening and you just let it go yeah same with every part of the process really Mm -hmm. like the edit i think you need so much time away from the edit to actually figure out but then i see people that like put films together in like a month and then Uh they shoot and it's amazing yeah and i'm always like i think i need 10 years to make this (laughs) just so i understand like if it's any good Mm -hmm. right and like six years after i edit it just to like give some space Mm. and then i see people put put films together and like i've got to make does it yeah put it like puts it together in like two weeks shoots in a week and it comes out really good and it's like all right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, then every process is different for everyone, right? Maybe if he, oh, yeah, if he or she look back at those those films in say a year, two years, going, oh, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd taken more time. Maybe not, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes you don't get a choice. You're like the studio's going, here's your deadline. Yeah. Here's what yeah, you've got true. to deliver. Also, you see your own work differently than somebody else. So you know, as you're watching uh, their work you're seeing it through obviously just typical viewer having no contacts etc and you're sort of seeing that but then they may see all the imperfections of the, the fact that it was only a week shoot etc et etc et they're going to be they're going to be more glaring i think very true well this is the thing it's like so with writers everybody sort of goes through a different process and i think being having access for just bringing it back to film that ironically but with having access to know what sort of other writers are around you essentially it'd be, it'd be very easy and very cool to sort of meet up with a, a couple of writers that are around you and say hey let's either try and write together or let's just bash around ideas and see you know what do you think of this and you're in a, it's a safe space where you can share ideas you're you're, you're amongst other writers and and so you've kind of got that yeah like the goal the, the goal that you're all trying to achieve really mm. it's like a common goal and that's what is great about filmed because you can actually do that. Like say, there's lot, I, I have been telling people before filmed, set up a little WhatsApp group, set up a community near you, put a notice up on your post office. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you're in a village, anyone interested in film scripts, get together with those people and bash ideas out and talk about your project. But people are so scared to do that. I'm like, no, no, do it. If you meet people on a film course, set up a WhatsApp group and talk to each other constantly about your process and what's happening, then you're not so alone. And filmed is exactly that. And I think it's great with, for professionals. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. It's the doing as well. We just, we just, we've got to get people doing. There's no experience mm. like actually actually getting on a set and making something and just making it, you know, everyone has an iPhone, so everyone has a camera that's 
pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of movies shot on iPhones. Like successful movies. So many. Yeah, Host is a re- one recently that was ridiculously successful. Uh, Love that. Yeah, Host is yeah, great. Yeah, Host is great. Yeah, I love Dashcam as well. Dashcam yeah. was really cool. We had all those guys yeah. on the pod recently, and such such cool guys, and just like you know, talk about shooting something in a very short space of time. Yeah, and getting it shot and done and out there, and there you go. Yeah, they're killing it. Done. He's killing it as well, Rob. He's brilliant. Rob's great. Isn't yeah. he? I'm looking forward to Boogie Man. I think that's going to be very exciting, right? Yeah. Well, but the the transition then, I suppose, from you from acting to directing, which is really interesting. And we'll bring it back to films as well within that and how directing helps. But I suppose that is something, Foundation, with Just Jim as your first film and how you said, I want to do this. Because you were in Just Jim as well. So why, why direct? Why do it? I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't act in something I direct again. I definitely wouldn't do that. Um, other people can do it very well, but I, yeah, I didn't really enjoy the experience. Actually, I did enjoy the experience, but I suppose let me get. So I, I realized when I was doing acting and like interview, doing interviews and junkets and stuff, I, people would be like, "Oh, what's your favorite actor?" and stuff like that. But I was always saying like filmmakers, like directors, like films that I loved, um, and also Punch Drunk Love was handed to me. On this, I think it was the set of, yeah, Submarine, Richard Aowada handed me Punch Drunk Love. And that changed my life. Like that completely, it opened something that was like, oh, wow, I didn't know cinema was this Mm. at all. Like the whole, you know, Superman theme throughout the film and like the different colors and how, you know, that can all, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is, this is really interesting. I think that just triggered something where I just, I was like, well, I, I suppose I want to tell stories and I wanted to do kind of Welsh stories, I suppose, because there's something about Welsh people that I love so much. They're just so funny, you know, they're just so warm, so warm. Like, so yeah, started with just Jim, acted in that and that, that went okay. That was fun. It went more than okay. It was a, it was a, I felt like it, you derived. It was a time that I was moving into directing heavily and this, you know, you came along. I was like, this actress just made this and fucking hell, it's brilliant. And the success of it, it maybe not. You, your side of it's different from my side looking in and maybe you'll say the same Craig is was really interesting it was like fucking hell fair play because it was brilliant it was so well made I and you were brilliant that. in it which is really hard I appreciate that I, uh, yeah well I uh, yeah I mean <laughs> sorry to put you yeah, I don't want to say that it was fun. it was I appreciate that thank you it was it was I do, <laughs> I do not accept compliments isn't it I do not we, accept we, we just we only, we, only listen, we only listen to the shit don't we say it's so funny you can get the best reviews in the world but we mm-hmm. just get that one shitty person who goes mm-hmm. one troll that literally says something we take that to heart so badly it's such a shame we do that but I, I yeah I, that's funny you say that because like with just GM it was it was a a critic gave a review for it so the reviews are like okay they were fine I mean like the movie's slightly abstract and it's weird and sure. I understand that like it's not for everybody but one of the there was some reviews that went out and there was one review where the guy did a video review and he basically said uh, I think it was Craig Roberts well, first off, he's like, I've seen Craig around town. He's a cool kid. I've never seen this guy around town at all. Um, he's seen you, though. And I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. From his bedroom window. I don't know what town he's talking about. But <laughs> he, he, um, he was like uh, Craig Roberts with a little bit of rope or whatever he'd been given. Wow. And it's hung himself. What? Yeah, it's come mm-hmm. close to hang himself or whatever. With so the, he, he complimented you by saying he's a cool guy around town. I've seen him around town. And then literally cut the... 
Yeah. Rope you were hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> Guillotine in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was like, I was like, I mean, I was 24. I th- yeah, I was 24. Oh, so I was just like, damn. That happened. T- I took a, I took a, I took a knock and then it took me a while to get back into it, to be honest. It was like, ah, shit, am I doing the right thing? Because I was like pivoting on something that was going well. Acting was going well and I was enjoying it and I didn't want to, you know, kill something that was, you know, real enough. Um, mm. But anyway, it took a while for me to like kind of build, build it back up and like, um, kind of want to prove them wrong i suppose yeah i hear that i remember getting one really bad one for a film and it it, it was one of my favorite publications and it killed me mm-hmm. i literally i don't think i spoke to him for like three weeks i was so upset by it and i'm still doing the podcast pretending everything's fine and now i can say about it but at the time it hurt so much i couldn't breathe you know you're just like fuck so i understood what you you go through it. Well, that, that's the thing. There's never going to be everybody that likes it. That's a, that's the issue. It's is so that by putting out yes. some creative work and having yeah. some sort of voice, it, mm. ultimately somebody isn't going to like that voice. And so, you know, we all have different preferences, even on genre of films that we like and don't mm. like. And so just by even having a genre of film, you're going to essentially sort of alienate some proportion of film viewers. And uh, mm. so, yeah, it's really, really tough. But when it's so, when it's, when it's a re- someone actually reviewing it and they're a critic and then they, they make such a, you know, stating comment like that, it's, it's, it, it is, it's really personal, isn't it? I would imagine as a critic as well, if you potentially watch something and you're like, I'm not really enamored by that, that didn't really kind of make sense. That's, that isn't going to make a good review. Oh, I wasn't really enamored by that. It's, so, it's you know, true. it's not going to get people yeah. reading it. Where, like, whereas a, a, an anecdote like the, the rope line is, is going to bring people in, like, because it's, it's shocking. I'm not sure. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But I'm not sure, like, jokes about death by suicide is, like, a way no, to bring somebody in. No, no, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, to it's, be honest. It, it, it yeah. actually should have been. Someone should do. Do you know what I mean? That kind of stuff when it's personal or it's they're saying someone should do something to themselves or whatever it to me that's that's punishable right? i'm like really is there no one monitoring this shit no yeah. there isn't but there well, should be when we spoke when we spoke about this in the past actually and uh what's been really interesting is to see how aspiring filmmakers see uh, someone like craig roberts mm-hmm. who you know with his uh, successes yep full name please every time middle name craig number one it's got to be a worse name hayden roberts and um uh, and, and see that they're also knocked. You know, people, everybody can get knocked and everybody can get sort of bad reviews. And, uh, you know, and it, so it's, and, it, and that shouldn't be something that puts you off. You should be obviously mildly frightened of it, of course, mm. and it's all, but just be aware that it, it it too shall pass almost, and that's what I suppose it's advice for aspiring film and, and established filmmakers really, because you're only you know one film away from uh, from, yep. from it all being chaotic. But it's 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 exactly that. It's just know that everybody goes through it. Everybody has you know those they moments. Do. They're great. The good reviews, the bad reviews. Right. Like, I think whatever. I think absolutely whatever. Let them do it. Let them all that. I I don't. I I, I in that moment I was like, oh man, what the hell? But now I'm just like, great. It's cool, and it doesn't really affect anything it no. doesn't affect anything like i don't think your career is over if you get a bad review it really isn't mm. every time i say bad yeah you know? me too yeah. We, did a, we did a film together and there's a there's a an improvised section about bad reviews and, and how we don't want a bad review it's every time 
Toby <laughs> Bad Roots brings us right back to that film. It's really funny. It's definitely an in-jump. It's funny. Yeah, that's funny. But it's, it is true. It, looking back now, and, you're, and it's so good to hear you say that, it's true. We're lucky to make films, right? You're mm-hmm. lucky to be in a position where you have a film out that people can watch, and it's your vision. All right, you might have had to do Compromise everywhere, Compromise everywhere, but you got it done. But going back to that directing thing, did you fall in love with directing? Because you made a short before that, right? Which was, let me get this right, uh, The Sheepish Approach. That's so interesting. That's so weird to get that. You're like Nardwar. Um, <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I did. It, I mean, it isn't a short, really. It was oh, more okay. of a, it was more of like a teaser trailer to make a TV show. Oh yeah, was it? and it was like a Welsh TV show that I wanted to make at the time. Um, and this was bef- while you were acting. Was it at the time, or was it just? Oh, this was. This would have been just after. Sub, yeah, so oh, okay. yeah, so yeah, so people were probably shouting at you what you should be doing, and you're like, I'm off to make this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, never saw like the live yeah. date, like it was like it's not something that was, I don't think it's even out there, hopefully. I mean, it's it, we were kind of just trying to make a TV teaser, but what I did do was sh- music videos, yes, I shot a, I shot a bunch of music videos, um, just to practice, really, Great. just to try and f- figure it out. But just gym was my practice, that was my that was my film school, that was because like, all you can see, I can you know, I can probably every scene tell you a film that influenced that, and I wore it on my like you can, it's and with my second film it was about kind of moving away from that moving away from Wes Anderson to be honest because so many people call like every time I get a review it's always like oh like Wes Anderson like, I'm not aiming for Wes Anderson at all I'd love to be, be on these you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah, but, like, I'm really that. not aiming for like mm. like he is so specific like it's so tableau vivant it's so stylized that like I just don't know how how I get close to that. Um, so my mission always is just moving away from Wes Anderson. I love his films. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's great, but like I definitely am not trying to make those films. So yeah, with the second film, Eternal Beauty, it was just about moving away from like the people that I loved, the movies that I loved, the filmmakers that I loved, mm. um, and trying to figure out okay, what's what's my voice and what's yeah, mm. and was simple it, stuff. Was it easier? I'll say because I probably know the answer to this, but I want to ask you anyway. Was it easier? to get Eternal Beauty made as opposed to just Jim? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't easier, no. we. I think we all know that, well, no, we don't all know, but like the the percentage of people making second and third films in this country it, is... I think it's, we did a... Uh, I know that 10 years ago it was... 85 to 90%. Yeah, what are, you know this now. Well, yeah, we're, we're working with Biffa right now, it's yeah. filmed. And so uh, we're sort of, um, we're in partnership with them and we're housing their Springboard Initiative, which is a sort of, it's helping us uh, second time filmmakers sort of doing a, a second feature. It's a great and, initiative, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so we're sort of housing the sort of online collaboration platform for them and they can, you know, continue their cohort discussions and they can manage all their sort of documentation and everything else. So they're, they're kind of creating that platform within Filmed. Mm-hmm. And um, they say, that it's 60% of the Biffa long-listed filmmakers that don't make a second feature. So these are people that have, you know, proven themselves, made an amazing first feature. They've been long-listed by Biffa Mm -hmm. and uh, so they're obviously extremely talented and yet they don't make a second feature. So, and and thus it's more like 80 to 90% when you're outside of being recognized by Biffa. So it's it's just there's so many um, hurdles and issues with sort of making films and let alone if you're trying to get rounds of funding and everything else to kind of go with that and then names attached etc so uh, you know it depends of, of what scale of independent film you're doing but ultimately it's it's just so hard and that's and that's another reason why I think it's really important to be able to 
manage a, a project together with all the people involved and kind of get everyone in, in one space because currently it's done through obviously emails and messages and then it's it's just uh, it's all over the show so you can do all of these things at film <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it's uh, but, uh, yeah. right at the beginning yeah, perfect <laughs> hey guys and gals Giles here jumping in to tell you about Q scripts well they're a script analysis service who provide detailed, constructive and professional reports on shorts, features and TV scripts. They work with both emerging talent aiming for a break in the industry as well as established writers looking to take their scripts and ideas to the next level. They have experienced readers with a track record at honing scripts into the best and most appealing version for production companies and other partners. And because you listen to the Filmmakers Podcast, you get three months membership for free for a limited time. So get there now. QScripts.com. Link is in the show notes. Easy. <laughs> QScripts.com. Check them out. No, and it's, it's true that getting that second film, and actually I produced a movie that uh, the director was Biffa Longlisted for, and he still hasn't made the second feature. He's been talking about it. And there's been lots of process, but you're like, that talent is incredible. And yeah, and it's still so hard for him to make his next feature, and you kind of go, oh, why? To surely the British film people the institutes and everyone else of filmmakers can go cool how if you can't make another feature and it was successful exactly exactly. and uh, what biff has seen to allude to is that they're saying that once somebody's made their first feature it is almost like they've uh they are quote unquote successful now they've made their first feature oh they're successful they don't need any more support off you go sail into sunset you continue making features and have an amazing career and that's just not the case it's like it's so it's it's and usually you made that for no money you spent all your time money and effort on it then now you've got to work for three years just to cover yeah recoup any kind of money you spent on it so it's so difficult yeah so with your second one eternal beauty then like you said it wasn't that was the first one sort of, obviously it's a lower budget. It was 300,000. So right. it was Cinematic Scheme, which was uh, a whale in, Car- in Wales and uh, I think it was Film Agency Wales and BFI. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of like the, was it the micro, bu- micro- micro budgets, uh, micro, yeah, what's it called? microwave, the microwave scheme. Yeah, right? I thought it was called microwave. And I was like, surely it wasn't called microwave scheme. It was called scheme. microwave scheme. Okay, right? so they got rid of that <laughs> pretty quickly. They made some films on it, but then moved Some on. good films, Shifty, yeah, yeah really Shifty's good. Shifty's amazing, right? So, yeah, it was part of that, really. Um, and then so with the second one we knew it would be tougher I didn't really make it easier you know I could have I could have you know written a really commercial comedy but it was a a psychological drama about somebody with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So it was, I made it harder for myself. And I think like the humor, the humor confused people a little bit. Like, like why, why is it funny? And should it be funny with, you know, I don't, I don't with, know. With such a serious subject matter, really. Yeah. It's hard, but at the same time, I think what you were, I can't speak for you, but I think what you were trying to achieve almost is to allow, allow the, the main character in the movie to be as real as anybody else and, and to almost have a superpower, right? Yeah, well, it, it just I just felt that, like, a lot of movies about psychosis, certainly women with psychosis are always, like, a demon possesses her and running down a corridor and it's like, ah. Um, so this was about take, uh, taking someone's perceived weakness and trying to turn it into a strength in some way. Anyway, so that certainly didn't help me get the money saying that in the room. Um, <laughs> Everyone's going, oh, his money. It's uh, yeah, ching, 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 ching. What a commercial true, idea. Yeah. <laughs> 200 million. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, uh, so the budget, I think, was, was about 2.1. Right, something decent, something decent around jump. that. 
Yeah, and then I wanted to shoot on film. So that was like, okay, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm determined to shoot on film. And Good for you. That was the hardest thing to do. That was definitely the hardest thing because um, just completion bonds don't really, you know, don't see the point of the, I suppose. They kind of, you know, digital does the same thing and you can get digital to look like film, um, like really close, obviously. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not the same. It's not the same and it's not the same, not really for the aesthetic. Like, I love it aesthetically. I think it's beautiful. But, like, it's more the discipline is what I love about it. Mm-hmm. The idea that you have maybe two or three takes per shot and when you hear that turning it's kind of a magic and there's like there's a gestalt that happens in the moment there's like more than the sum of its parts happens something else is added where like people will do their best performances the adrenaline kicks in um and that's what i love about it so much um so it took ages for me to win that and uh, interestingly i i'd spoken to somebody that shot on film and it was they basically gave me a stare that was like you just need a creative way to be, to convince people that it's right and i was like oh, that makes so much sense because I was like, my character is dealing with like the result of a chemical reaction, so therefore I should film it with a chemical reaction. So as soon as I said that, kind of everyone backed away and it was sorted. So that's interesting to know that if you if you've got a way in that's like, oh, but this is for because essentially Tied to the creativity yeah, of the film, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not just because you want to and it looks cool. It's actually yeah, here's a reason. Exactly, exactly. And I would never, I would probably never turn back on the film thing now. I probably and what's quite fun about that as well is that every every movie that you, you kind of make on film is a different game because you've got to like like the last movie I did, The Phantom of the Open. I'm sure I probably sp- sp- went over on the film stock. So it's like, I've got to go under on the next one. And there's this kind of game where like, you've got to look like you're just not burning money. Yes, you've got to. But that, like say, that discipline is so important. When you are shooting on digital, you can go, oh, let's just go again. And oh, let's go. Let's keep turning, keep turning. Yeah. And actually, that discipline of going, shit, there's so much money going through that can right now. Yeah, I, I feel like an actor, when I'm acting on digital, I feel lazy. Yes, right. I feel like I, I, I go Yeah, there. me too. Me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can just like go again, really. Yeah. But you can. You, you can. can. You go, oh, do you know what? I fancy another one. I wasn't really ready, but on film. You- oh, if I had a dime. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it, no, it's, it's it, I think that's so true as well, though. It's that also, it's the physicality of it, like being sort of put onto film as it's happening right there. And mm. like, there's no going back. And it's, it's, it's that, that, like you say, in the room is so, because I've been on set whilst that's been happening, obviously, uh, with Craig's sort of films and stuff. And it, it, like, there is a buzz in the air. It's like, we're, you know, we're, yeah. Mm. It's, mm. it's very interesting. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. 
Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. But that feeling, I, I, I sort of alluded to it, but that feeling of directing for the first time. And you, like I say, you made a short slash pilot TV episode, but then and music videos, and then jumping in to directing. I suppose that'll get us to Phantom of the Open as well. How did that feel? Like, was it what you wanted it to be? What was the feeling in your heart that made you go, I want to do this again? Surviving it, really, just getting through it. Getting through it, because like it's you. Survive. Uh, yeah. Survived. Therefore, I must do another. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't a disaster, I suppose. So like the the coming out of it and being like, oh. Not, not so much like the the kind of control over like everything and like being able to like, you know, it's your vision all the way through. Not so much that because I do like the collaboration part, part of it. It was more just um, the idea that people are turning up to make something you've written. Like the idea that everyone's coming, like it, you feel like, you know, when you going back to like when I had like my wrestlers or like my gargoyles and I play with them as kids, like it's almost like it's all come to life and like everyone's in, everyone's in my house making it happen. So it was the idea of that just felt really magical. I couldn't quite believe it. So yeah, that, that, and that review, that bad review, I'm telling you, that's what made me want to do it again. That's like that bad review was like, no, 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 no they're wrong. Like, absolutely. I can, I can do this. Uh, you know, I can do anything I put my mind to. So like, I, I, I was like, yeah, that's why I wanted to do it again. And also, um, I work with a great producer called Adrian Bate and he's, he's great. So I just, you know, work with your friends, work with your friends is actually the best, best thing. Right. Yeah. Especially because, um, that's why Craig's around all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also like finding somebody with the same name often helps as well. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's easy then. Craig will do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> <laughs> One or two. Yeah, move today. <laughs> work it out. It just makes it so much easier working with friends because like, you know, the big brother experiment of putting crew and casting together and not, not not knowing how people will uh, respond to each other mm-hmm. you don't need to do that when you when everyone's friends it's really true and you can get overcome problems because you've already dealt with those problems either on other sets or as friends in mm-hmm. relationships and whatever and yeah. on set that is pretty much what it is you're thrown into this boiling pot of emotions are very high yeah and if someone's a bad apple in there there's yeah, yeah, yeah it can yeah, yeah. drag everything down so it's so important that that team is strong and and that's what filmed is going to be great for is because you can create those teams. So if you don't know anyone in your area, now is perfect mm-hmm. example to try and find those people and collaborators around you and make those yeah, friends, sure. right? Yeah, just all like work together with those same people. I think I think also there's got to be a sort of the more you sort of create and the more sort of films you go through as a sort of little team together, the the faster things will get, the more in sync your, your sort of voice will become and all of that. Whereas I would imagine that sort of turning up on set and just working for three, six months, whatever, with a, a bunch of people who are obviously extremely skilled in their individual craft, but then have never worked together before and then they kind of come for that moment and then they leave it also is, uh, and I've definitely found this on set as well is that there's almost like a not a clinicalness or a staleness to it that because you just all know that you're there for the for, for the creation of this film and that so the the fun is almost taken away because you're not enjoying who you're working with, mm. and so and and there's no long term friendships made necessarily um, so yeah I think 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's certainly you've, you've heard lots of actors who have come away from a movie and gone, yeah, I hated every minute of filming that. And I had to like, there was my love interest or whatever, you know, and I just absolutely hated everything. And and then you, you've got other filmmakers. I'm, I'm pretty sure Adam Sandler does this a lot. He just works with all of his friends and just like same people, you know. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I think I think that's... Uh, and if it's your production company and you're that, you've set this up, it's your baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would you not work with people you want to work with? Did you work, is there some of your team you're still from just gym? I say obviously there's certain people, but or certainly a certain beauty to, you know, Phantom of the Open. Yeah, well, uh, Sean Jenkins, the costume designer, has done all three of my films. Kit? Kit has done two of my films, the DOP, Kit Fraser. Mm, He's, Kit Fraser, I know, Kit, yeah, Kit from years back. Yeah, we did so, all sorts of stuff years ago together with Kit. He's great. Kit Fraser Kit on blast. Fraser, yeah, <laughs> on blast, <laughs> Kit Fraser. He's cool, He's isn't awesome. he? He's awesome, he's awesome. Yeah. He's absolutely awesome. He's so smart, he's so together, and, and just like the, the prep he puts in. I'm not going to say any, too many good things about him if this is going on there, if he hears this. Will he listen <laughs> this far? Is he, is he <laughs> wait for his name. No, he doesn't. Like, my rate just doubled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> well, have you found that too, that crew members as well who you, you're doing well and you build up and a film does well with them, they get taken and they get pinched in a good way. It's like great for them. Mm -hmm. But you as the filmmakers are going, cool, I've got another film, but oh, they've got Netflix now and they've got a deal with so-and-so. And crew members go, and it's a shame, but that's good for them, but it's uh, yeah, can be so, tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, Kit was big before I got, you know, met him really. So like, you know, after, the, you know, working with Babak and stuff. Um, so uh, I kind of... I was like, you oh, stole him. You're all the one that stole I, him. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. But I, 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 yeah you stole him from everyone <laughs> yeah, else. Exactly, yeah. Right. He's my friend it now. It was you. <laughs> but I grew up with him on everything. He's just, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really cool. He's yeah. so cool. Yeah, that's good. And then as the work at Sally Hawkins as well, you know, it's finding the same actors, the same teams as well is, is important. For something like Phantom of the Open, to get that made, did they want specific names in that? I say they, as mm -hmm. in, I, you might have said, no, we raised all the money ourselves, we did it ourselves. But I, I'm, I'm presuming it was more of a studio. Well, it was the, it was E1, BBC and BFI. Right. So, no, we didn't need names, really. No, they didn't ask for names. Really? It was a very, very independent film, wasn't it? It's pretty independent, yeah. I mean, yeah. They must have said you can't just get Barry from, you know, I mean, Glamorgan. they did ask for me originally. They did yeah. ask for Craig. Craig running yeah. that joke. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're loving that joke. Yeah. I was just loving that joke. Craig. Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. She will answer you. long way. And then, did they ask for you to be in it as well? Did they, especially in... No, they were like, in fact, you, you definitely <laughs> don't want yourself in this movie. So they didn't answer... I mean, we obviously wanted... And, and we wanted somebody that was like, you know, actually, to be honest, we wanted Mark Rylance. We were like, Mark Rylance is Mark Rylance. And we we, we, we felt like he looked like him a bit. And I, I remember talking to Simon Farnaby and the producers and I was like, you know, this script is very funny, but we need to ground it. It needs to be, you know, played played seriously, really. And it'll just be funnier for it. Um, and they obviously everyone was on the same page. So we were like, let's go for Mark Rylance. So I wrote a note to Mark and then with the script and then I think somebody got it to his agent and then I just had a brief conversation with him where I talked about like Punch Drunk Love and like all these films um I talked about Paul Thomas Anderson too much actually because at one point he was like you really like Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> yeah I was like e e yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know <laughs> yeah, because this might not work <laughs> yeah um and yes yeah, so, but as soon as he came on but I mean 
he was on when he said he wanted to do it, it then went in like a couple of months because we it just went straight away. So that's the power of him, really. That's the power of yeah. Wasn't he like, oh, I've not I've not really had a comedy dropped on my desk before. That's right. Yeah, I think what? in the press release to the film, he'd said that he'd never been sent a comedy or something like that. Um, so a lot of people missed out. I totally missed out. But great for you because he's absolutely fantastic. It he's been brilliant perfect for it. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's so it's just you know he's fantastic. I love actors that have just it's all in the eyes, and he's all that. He's kind of got that Harold and Moore deadpan mm. about him. Um, but well, he's the big friendly giant. You know, what I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all about the eyes. Yeah. You know, mm. he's already there. And he's yeah, fantastic Dunkirk. You know, he's he's such he's one of those actors who's been around theatre actor who suddenly burst onto the film stage and he's pick and chooses what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's the hardest part of working with him is that you have to learn Shakespeare to communicate with him. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, my, my mate uh, Richard Short was... Uh, do you want to do a bit now? Do, yeah, do, 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 <laughs> how did you communicate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, my mate Richard Short did Jerusalem with him in the West End. Uh, yeah. So he was like, Look, this is he's such a great guy. And, um, oh, he's the best. And really nice. So it's nice to hear that. And what, I like, what about working with actors then? What, how do you, obviously being an actor helps. But how is it on set for you? Is it changed over time in, from just Jim to now in terms of your process? Well, I'm working with better actors than <laughs> just Jim. That's a relief. There's a lot of shouting and a lot of throwing things around. Yeah. You know, no, no. I, 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 the opposite of that, in fact, I actually don't, I just don't know. I, I don't like any kind of like, I don't like sets that are tense or like too performatively like you, you're coming together to make something and it's really fun. I, yeah. it's, it's really, it's really easy to not be a dickhead. Yes. Like it really is. So if like, if, if there's any bad vibes, I hate that completely. And I really try and make, I, I don't think I've ever lost my cool, I hope on set at all. Um, certainly with anybody, I just, I kind of just, you know, figure my stuff out. And if I don't have the answers or if I, if an actor has a question for me, I'm, I always go with, I'll get back to you on that always because I don't want to give the wrong answer and then go back on it and it looks like I don't know what I'm doing so mm-hmm. David Lynch says really good tip is to drink loads of coffee and you need the bathroom when you go to the bathroom you get time on your own it's so a that, great tip that's the best thing to do just keep drinking keep drinking take yourself off and have time mm-hmm. to think um, but yeah I just like calm sets I like people to get along and um, and then in terms of like working with the actors they better be good and, and <laughs> it's a good, it's a good to bar to set, set to <laughs> You said about Sally before, so let me know if I'm butchering this, but you've, you've essentially just gone, I don't, uh, I'm not going to give her any like uh, direction because she, I don't want to stop her brilliance. You know, at least for the first few takes, you want to see what she's going to bring to the table. I think, is that true? Yeah, like, yeah. You, well, you it's, the clipping the wing, it's, the it's the clipping the wings thing. Like if you, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if an actor comes onto the set and you're like, you just stand there and you say this line like this and exactly like that. And then you look there. It's like, it's not really fun at all. I have probably done that at certain points just because I storyboard everything. So I'm trying to, you know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest battles for me always is storyboarding everything and knowing that when I turn up on set and I'm like, oh, I think, I think your, your character would probably just stand here. And then the, the, the actor's like, I don't know. I think I'd be standing there. And I'm like, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think you're Look standing in the, in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> the picture the, says. Where, yeah. where yeah. I pointed in the, in the first place. Like stick man. On this. <laughs> Terrible drawing here is where you're so no, no, It doesn't look like you, but it is you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Knowing that like, you know, I've spent like ages trying to storyboard it. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's going to connect to that. And I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be really fun. And then, and like, as soon as you go on set, it's like, that's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you just got to adapt. That's why I think rehearsals are interesting. Because I don't think you rehearse for the good. I think you rehearse for the bad. 
you get rid of everything and you prepare for something to go wrong. Yeah. That's pretty much how I feel about it. Especially when you're shooting on film. I think, uh, yes. you know, ultimately it's a visual medium, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, there has to be that visual component consideration and thus there is a, there is a, a sort of um, a restriction there than just complete freedom for an actor. So you have to navigate that, right, as a director. Yeah, well, everyone's different, obviously. But for me, if I'm making a film, if I don't have like some kind of double meaning in most frames, and I know it sounds douchey, I may as well do a radio play. That's what it feels for me. Like, mm-hmm. I love adding w- little Easter eggs love and stuff it. like that. Like, yeah. all, all kind of, you know, The Shining mm-hmm. or like, you know, those kind of, like Jordan Peele's doing. Jordan Peele's, you know, he mm-hmm. nailed it on like Ghetto and. Mm-hmm. The kind of the, the visual metaphors throughout the whole thing is just amazing. Mm. How do you plan that then? Because it's difficult to get those double meanings or the things within certain shots sometimes. So if you're saying, for instance, oh, you, you know, mirror is a perfect example of an, an easy option to say, oh, cool. Well, there'll always be a reflection of something. There'll always be the reflection of someone in the shot or a, a glass or a, a you know something. How, how do you prepare that? I suppose I don't let everybody know. Um, uh, there are a few few heads of departments. Just throw a glass in. Yeah, yeah. Think fast. Like I, I, probably the best thing I can think of is uh, with the Phantom of the Open. I I told Kit um, and I told the production designer and the costume designer and I said, okay, so he's Superman. We're going to go with him being Superman. Um, he's been dropped down just like Punch Drunk Love and that's going to inform absolutely everything so throughout the whole movie so like the the, the um, kind of the golf outfit he has we made that and it's the diamonds with the Superman colour he's wearing the red hat and like at the end when he jumps off the, the crane or whatever he's got the red jacket and it looks like a cape and all that kind of stuff and then that meant the production design everyone has their own like then everyone, everyone can go down a, a rabbit hole because then the production designer like okay we'll do this uh, this like uh, number plate for the car which is um, his uh, crypt is Kryptonian name so then and then we were like oh let's change the dog to the dog the Superman had so then we got the Superman dog and then and then when we got to like post it was like oh wouldn't it be cool to have a comet that's dropping at the beginning of the film so you can see like Superman coming down to earth Mm -hmm. so then we put that in so like just one thing that then so many people can have fun with and also there's like a double meaning in the whole thing Mm. so so you're saying almost like by giving the sort of HRDZ, the freedom uh, to follow that that vein almost. Yeah. That you don't necessarily even have, a, have to come up with them all. No, I'd turn up on set and like there was like bunting, oh. bunting everywhere that was all blue, red and yellow. I was like, these these people are great. I love them all so much. Yeah. Like it's just so fun. Yeah. Um, right. So to explain your vision to someone, like of wherever it is, images or whatever, and then you get to set, oh, you're talking about set and they do... Like they've added their yeah. own slant on yours. It's incredible, isn't it? You walk on sets and you just go, wow, thank, thanks so much. Made me look cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's interesting, again, I'm going to go back to David Lynch because he's just the best at communicating the complexities within it all. But when the coll- the collaboration side of it, like interestingly at the beginning of it, I uh, in terms of writing, I'm not that, I'm not that great at collaborating at the beginning of writing something and then once it's done I kind of you know script editors and stuff like that but when you when you when you've written something and you start filming it you have your original idea and then people come along and you collaborate with them and then they put their ideas on top of your idea so they just start stacking it and stacking it and stacking it and then when you get to the edit essentially your only mission is to remove every single idea and just figure out what that idea was originally and that will give you all the clarity and it took me a while to actually figure that out and when I saw, when I heard Lynch talk about that I was like oh that's it that's completely it because you can lose your way in the edit absolutely there's always like I feel like every every director's like this isn't working let's turn it black and white <laughs> or it's like this isn't working 4-3 ratio <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. let's do everything slow-mo we need voiceover immediately <laughs> yeah, let's do the whole thing voiceover it's so true I love that stacking thing you said I think the, and you mentioned it before and I think that's really interesting and that is kind of 
you know, putting your finger on what filmmaking is sometimes. It's mm. stacking. It's like you've got this maybe idea and then you put that on top, that, that, that. I love that. It's so true. It's everyone's film. It's not your film. It's yeah. everyone's film. Everyone's helping, doing their best to make this work. Yeah. And do you, do you talk to your crew that way as well? How, you know, I love the Danny Boyle way, which is he makes more mini directors of their own little area. Love that. And I think it's really important, and I try and do it as much as you can, to say, look, you're, you're in charge of this. I love what you're doing. Show me what you're doing, but you're the boss. You yeah, know? yeah. It's your I, team. I love that. I don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't really be like, I'm not, you know, let's have a meeting every hour so you can no, show me what you've sure. got. Yeah. Um, on Eternal Beauty, we weren't able to do it on Phantom because of COVID, but on Eternal Beauty, we, we had a cinema that we would play movies for the crew. Um, so we would like, we would show a movie a week during prep, essentially, and then everybody was on the same page in terms of like, this is the tone, and I'd be like, and maybe the color palette for this thing, and then this, and blah, blah, blah. And then you just kind of let people do their own thing. I mean, you know, people don't need their hands held. No. They, they're all com you know they're all competent and, and like very talented people and that's it's all you know crewing up and casting it's like it's once you if you get it right your job is easy the whole acting you know all in the casting of course it is like you can shoot on film you can shoot on Christopher Nolan's IMAX camera for all I care if you don't have good actors the movie's done mm -hmm. the movie's done if you have great actors in iPhone it's gonna be a better film yeah I love that. And, and to bring it back around perfectly to Filmed. Filmed is like great. It's a great platform. Excellent. People can sign up now and it's free for three months. Is that correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yes, as of now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Now. Yeah, as of now. It, we are considering Depends changing this release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah, is, it, it is, does yeah. actually, yeah. So uh, yeah, check, check out if you are wanting to sign up for Film folks and yeah, go, go over there and have a look if it's three months, maybe 28 days. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely three months from now. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. And we've got schemes coming out. We've got, I think we've just closed one. Yeah, we've been running a filmed grant actually and we've, we've just finished our second grant uh, which has been really uh, really cool because obviously one of the major sort of hurdles that a filmmaker has to overcome is obviously the financing of a movie so you know and uh so yeah, so um, we ran our first film grant. It was really successful. A lot of people sort of applied. We had some amazing scripts. We were just like, this is amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a real way, like a tangible way we can help filmmakers. And we're seeing the actual product of it. So that's amazing. And uh, so we're like, right, let's let's continually just do these. Every time one closes, we'll go through the sort of shortlist process and then the choosing of the winner. And then we'll just relaunch another. And so the second one has just finished the submissions. But yeah, like there'll always be one running pretty much. And we're going to be working with other people as well to try and increase the sort of ground and maybe have several at the same time running etc so by collaborating with us but it's um but yeah the film grant so that's uh that's really right. cool what do they need to do to apply is it just have a short film yeah it was i mean this one the original one had really no sort of uh criteria it was just submit a script basically and some people submitted like you know uh 120 page scripts and stuff <laughs> oh, cheers um, guys it's said short film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. we gotta um, read this shit yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know you get a hundred of those and it's Suddenly, oh, you know, months yeah. worth of work trying to read them all. But it's um, so we had we didn't really have much of a criteria. So this time we were like, right, it has to be a you know five to six page, you know, five minutes uh, sort of short film, and uh, uh, yeah, so then we can actually get through them and read them all. It's probably going to be that for a while. Also, the budget, also the grant right now, it's not a twenty thousand pound grant or anything. So it's um, there's only so much you can do with with a, a smaller budget. So we think you know it's just more realistic for somebody to try and shoot five pages on a smaller budget than it would be if somebody's trying to shoot a 40 page short film yeah we just want people to actually make stuff and you know and and so we're trying to with the uh, pre 
previous one, Francesca, she's um, doing an animation. And so we've been working with her just sort of reaching out and being like, right, how can we help, you know, with this sort of uh, composition, et cetera. So, yeah, so it's really exciting because we're getting to, as a, as a company, we're getting to work with filmmakers. We're also supporting filmmakers financially, which is obviously really, really good. And uh, and then they're able to screen that on our screening room because we have like a mini version of a, like a movie Netflixy type aspect to our platform. And it's um, it just allows people to sort of submit their work and then showcase it to others where a, f a future feature we'll be building out is private screenings as well. So members will be able to sort of run a screening of their, of their first draft of their movie and sort of, you know, bring in sort of the people that they want to view it, run a private screening, get feedback and, you know, go through that sort of editing process really. Um, so loads of stuff in the pipeline, but it's, um, but that's, that's kind of why we just knew building this. So we said it's right from the very beginning. Like it doesn't matter that you know the company's brand new we just we just knew that we wanted to support filmmakers financially as well because it's all well and good sort of uh putting people together but without the money of being able to actually sort of get the the equipment that they would need rented etc it's it, it that's in a major stopping point you know for so, so many um, people yeah so e yeah so even though it's a it, our first two grants were for a thousand pounds each even though it's a relatively a small amount of some uh, money in in the grand scheme of things certainly with filmmaking is that it's it's uh, we just knew that we wanted to like, put some money where our mouth is with regards to this and actually uh, support people that way. It's impressive and it's really cool. It's really great. So well done. Exciting. Final bit of advice from both of you for, you get this question all the time, it's fucking boring, but it's a good one. That advice of how to sort of move from acting to directing or how to set up a platform, something that's really interesting that can help filmmakers. I think uh, probably set realistic goals and don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, I'm looking at it just from like in terms of like, let's say writing. Um, I, I think that if you don't, if you have days where you can't write or don't write, I think that's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. Don't be hard on yourself. Like everything's hard enough as it is. Go at your own pace and get off social media. Mm -hmm. Nice. Obviously, building a, the web application, so building films, has been a few years, literally a few years in the making, and it's it's hard craft. There's a whole team of developers and designers, and uh, and obviously us, to sort of creating this. And so, um, yeah, what I would say is that, and I say this to anybody who's sort of getting into business, because we also have worked with, uh, done a lot of client work of other people, sort of creating web applications and stuff, is that ultimately the the larger the barrier to entry the more likelihood you're going to succeed, the likelihood of success, really. Because, you know, if the barrier to entry is so low, then a lot of people either do it or try to do it. And so it almost when you come across a hurdle, and, and this is replica replicated in the film industry as well, of course, is that when you come across a hurdle, almost be thankful of it because there'll be a, a number of people that will get to that point who won't, who will then decide, oh, this is enough, I can't do this. And then the likelihood, of, if you get through those hurdles, mm -hmm. you've then got a much more chance of like making a dent, making a, an impression, like making making something of value. And I think, uh, so yeah, it, it, can't, it can't be easy if it's, if it's valuable, I think. So uh, knowing how you navigate through those hurdles is, is key. Very good. So basically you can make your films. Don't be shy. Understand your headspace. Understand you might need time. It's not easy. And you can go do it. You can make your films. You can set up a platform. You do whatever you need to do to move forward in your business and whatever you want to do. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it is your duty 
opportunity to send the elevator back down. Uh, Craig Hayworth, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you very much, sir. Thank Craig you. Roberts, thank you. Thank you. I love that. Send it back down. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. Just said it on every podcast. I think this is like the 290th I've said it. Every I love that so much. That's great. Yeah, it does it. Send it, send it down for us. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's what I, I say that sometimes. My other co-host My button's say that. not working. <laughs> there you go. We will see you next Tuesday. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being amazing. Uh, take care. Go make your films. Bye.